Before I go into my word, um, let me just pray again. I know that Olu's prayed, but let me just pray again. Father, Lord, I just thank you for this word that you placed on my heart. Lord, I just pray that your will and your purposes will be established through this word. I pray, Father God, that as I share, oh Lord, that you will fill the hearts of your people. You will speak to each and every single one of us, Father God. You will lead us into the paths that you want us to go. And you will bring forth, oh God, those revelations that you want us to be aware of. Father, Lord, we commit the word into your hands. Let your will be done. Let your will be done, Father, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, the word that I'm going to share today is called the joy of the Lord. I hope I get through it because time has just gone. Ten minutes of my time has literally just gone. Ten minutes. But it's okay. I hope I get through it. Um, the word of the Lord, um, the word that I have today is called the joy of the Lord is my strength. Um, this was a word that I received this week. This was a word that I received this week. And um, I had another word which I was going to build on. And then the Lord placed this in my heart. And I was like, okay. Because <laughs> normally, if anyone knows me, I like to prepare myself. So I prepare myself on before and this. I was like, Lord, this is like a last minute word, <laughs> you know. But it's all good. The Lord has a plan and a purpose for this word. Um, so the joy of the Lord is something that we hear every so often, especially when people are going through things. We hear the word in song as well. And it's, it's, a, word, it's a word that's meant to be encouraging when people are going through difficult times. So I'm going to read from Nehemiah chapter 8, and I'm going to read from verse, I like that Jean-Marc, looking very good, loving it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read from verse 1 to 12, Nehemiah 8 from verse 1 to 12. It starts with, now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Verse 3. Then he, then he read it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and the women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose and beside him at his right hand stood Mattithiah, Shema, Aniah, Urijah, Helkiah and Masiah. And at his left hand, Padiah, Mishael, Malchicha, and Hashem. Sorry, Malchicha, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Don't think I'm doing the names, the pronunciations justice. Verse 5, and Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up, and Ezra blessed the Lord 
the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Verse 7. Also, Jeshua, Benai, Sheribia, Jamin, Akub, Shabithia, Hodija, Masia, Kalita, Azaria, Josabad, Hanan, Palalia, and the Levites helped the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. Verse 8. So they read distinctly from the book of the law in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those who, whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our God. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Verse 11, so the Levites quieted all the people, saying, be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink to send portions and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. Just a few points before I continue from what I've just read. The first one is in verse one. It says, all the people gathered together as one man in the open square. Now, when I see that, for me, I see that they were all united. They were united to hear what God had for them, to read, to hear his word as it's read. And also in verse 1, it says, they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses. For me, this demonstrates, it shows that they wanted to hear God's word. They were willing to hear the law of Moses. God had started to stir them up. The revival in their hearts had actually begun because it was them that asked for the book of the law to be read. So God was moving and he was working within them. Verse 3 says, from morning until midday. This was a move of God. Six hours they stood there listening to the word of God. They probably had better things to do. But because the spirit was moving, they actually did not mind. They sacrificed their time to stand there, to listen, to understand. They wanted to understand what God had to say to them. We will go into the background of how they got to this place. But God was moving. When God is moving in our hearts, we start to do things. We start to prepare ourselves for the things that he wants to do. They were willing to sacrifice their time. They abandoned what they had to do to hear God's word. Verse 3 says, those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. They were willing and eager to hear God's word. Verse 4. Stood on a platform of wood which they had made for that purpose. Now, that was a practical thing they did in making 
the platform just to hear the, um, God's word. The reading of the word was really important to them. And they made sure that they had the proper platform so that the word can be heard. It can have the proper place for it to be heard. Verse 5, when he opened it, all the people stood up. They were aware that they are about to hear God's word. They respected God's word. So they put themselves in a position. They stood up. They honored God's word. They acknowledged the presence. The moment you're about to open up God's word, you know what you're about to enter. You're about to enter his presence. You're literally um, embracing the presence. So they respected that. Verse 10, send portions to those whom nothing is prepared. When you, when you feel that you have failed, God has a plan and a purpose. They were told to stop, um, to stop mourning, to stop grieving. They were told to do different things. And one of them is to send portions to those whose nothing is prepared. Go and do something. Go and, God is sending them to go and do something. Because he has a plan and a purpose for them. He wants to turn things around for them. And finally, verse 12. Because they understood the words that were declared to them. Now, you have heard something. Your hearts have been convicted. You know exactly what you need to do now. You need to go pray. And this is what they did. They went, they prayed, they worshipped, they fasted because of what they had to do. They turned away from the things that they shouldn't be doing. They made a new covenant with God because they were aware of what they needed to do. In um, chapter 9, we read, as I said, because um, we've, we've just read chapter 8, but in chapter 9, it goes on to talk about how, like I said, they fasted, they prayed, and they worshipped God because that was the next stage. When we understand God's word, it leads us to hope, leads us to our hearts being filled with his joy. They put a seal on the covenant they had made, and different leaders, including Nehemiah, put a seal on what they had made. Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 28 says, Now the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the Nethinim, and all those who had separated themselves from the people of the land to the law of God, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, everyone who had knowledge and understanding. They knew what they had to do. They separated themselves from the things that were hindering them, stopping them from really serving God properly. And verse 30 says, Nehemiah 10 verse 30 says, we would not give our daughters as wives to the peoples of the land, nor take their daughters for our sons. They knew they had to separate themselves because the people of the land were not God's people as they were. They had other cultures, they had other religions that were hindering them, stopping them from aligning themselves from God's word. So they had to separate themselves and not marry those who did not know God because then they will be um, polluted, not doing what God wants them to do. So they had to separate themselves. In Nehemiah chapter 8, Ezra read the word and 
Nehemiah spoke to them when they started. Nehemiah spoke to them when they started to weep and grieve because they realized that they hadn't been doing what God wanted them to do. They listened to Nehemiah because they knew Nehemiah. Ne I will go into Nehemiah um, in a minute, but Nehemiah was a man of God and they had seen that. Nehemiah played a pivotal role in them um, coming to know God because Nehemiah was the one who he, God spoke to him to build the wall of Jericho. Now, when he um, was building the wall of Jericho, he went through his own, making sure he was focused on what God was saying to him and listened. And the people saw how he navigated the whole thing. So they knew that he was somebody that they needed to listen to. And his name as well means God of comfort, comfort. So he was comforting them. It's okay. There is no need to stay in this situation. You know, there is a way out. When we are going through things, we sometimes we end up staying in self-pity. We feel so bad. But that is not what God wants for us. God wants us to move on. He wants us to see what we need to do. Convicted hearts, but see what we need to do. Change our ways. You know, I was thinking that the human way for this when we have done something, when we do things to people, they normally want us to just stay there and show how much we, we, we feel remorse and how much we um, feel really, really bad. We'll be going on for days and days sometimes. What? You know, some people can be like that, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, but you must go through this hoop. You must do this. You must do that. But that's not what God wants for us. God wants us to literally just our hearts to be convicted and move on and worship him. Because yes, our sin is great, but he, the hope in him, much greater. So much greater. Because there is a hope and a joy within him. Let me just give you some background um, context about where the people were at. Now, the people in name Nehemiah, um, chapter 8 that I was talking about, they were the second lot that had returned from exile. They'd been in exile for 70 years. Why were they in exile? Because God had been speaking to them and speaking to them, they were not listening. So God warned them that this was going to happen to them. It's like your children, you, t you tell them, if you don't stop doing this, there's gonna be consequences. Oh, they go about doing their thing, doing their thing. But when we don't listen, there are consequences when we do not listen. And their consequences were, they were sent, it was different, um, it was on different occasions, but different lots were sent to Babylon. Their land was taken from them. Just think, you're in a land where you feel secure, you feel protected, and then suddenly, suddenly, these people come and they take your land and they send you off to a land that you don't know. Now, they were there in exile for 70 years. In um, the book of Ezra, which was before Nehemiah, the first lot came through. And then in the book of Nehemiah, the second lot came through. Now, just think you've just come back to the land that you know, the land that your forefathers had been in. You feel safe, you feel secure. But they wanted a change because they had been in exile, not having their own identity, not having their own ways of living, adopting other people's ways. So they have come back from exile. They wanted a change. 
the people of God, yes, these are the children of Israel. They um, were not known for their obedience, but at the same time, they were God's people. They were God's people. Sometimes our children are not known for obedience, but we love them because they're ours, you know? God has given them to us. It's like um, children of Israel. They are God's people. You know, in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it says, we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. And another, another version says, he's um, a people belonging to God. They were a people belonging to God. And God loved them. Yes, they didn't obey, but he loved them. So he brought them back. Now, they were at a place in Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah, they needed a change. They wanted a change. They had been in exile for 70 years, and they wanted things to change. They were ready for a change. So as Ezra read the, the book of the law of Moses, they stood there in the open square. And it suddenly, they were like, amen, yes, praise the Lord. Then suddenly, oh my goodness, we haven't been doing what we're supposed to be doing. We haven't had the right attitude. We haven't been aligning our ways with God's ways. We haven't been seeking his kingdom the way we should be seeking his kingdom. We have been doing everything the opposite to what we should have been doing. Self-pity was filling in. Grief was filling in filling in sorry you feel so bad they felt so bad but then Nehemiah, that's when they started to weep and mourn but then Nehemiah came and told them no yes it's fine to feel this way but rejoice rejoice that is what we need to be placed in our hearts to be rejoicing because once we realize what we have done we look forward because the hope is there his joy is there his strength is there helping us forward, helping us to change our ways. We can now be filled with gladness and his joy. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the drink, and send portions to those whom nothing is prepared. For the day, for this day is holy to our God. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. God wants them to celebrate. When you've done wrong to somebody, do they want you, yeah, let's celebrate. No, they want you to feel remorse. But it's like God wants them to celebrate. God wants them to rejoice because in God there is hope. In God there is a joy. Whatever you're going through today or you've been going through, in him there is hope. There is joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He wants us to look forward. He wants us to realize that things can be changed around. Things can move with him. And why is God like that? Because he's a gracious God. In John 4.19, it says that we love him because he first loved us. He loves us, just like the children of Israel, he loved them. They're his people, a people belonging to God. God is forgiving. He is a merciful God. And, he's, and because of his forgiveness, 
we can come to him. But we need to just make sure we have repentant hearts. Just like the people of um, Israel, the children of Israel, having repentant hearts, their hearts being convicted, acknowledging, oh my goodness, I have sinned. I am not where I'm supposed to be. And acknowledging that only he can save us. Not my neighbor, not my husband, not my children. Only God can save us. And acknowledge what he has done on the cross for us as well. We see in Luke 15, um, there are three stories there in Luke 15. There's a lost, um, the story of a lost sheep, a lost coin, and also a lost son as well. And in this lost and found story, in these lost and found stories, God's joy comes through because of the reconnection. That's what we are looking to. As his joy comes through, through, recon through the reconnection, because something is lost and then it's found. That reconnecting brings a joy. It sure brings a joy. When we sin, when we sin, God is waiting for us to come and reconnect with him. When we're going through different things, he's waiting for us to come and reconnect with him. Because as we're going through things, the joy is gone. We are literally just there, just going through the motion. But when we reconnect, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Because his grace is there to help us through whatever we are going through. Whether it's praying for a family member, for them to come to know Christ. Whether it's... Um, financial um, situation that we're going through, whether it's marital issue, whatever it is we're going through, when we reconnect with him, his joy is there. His grace is there. His strength is there. His joy is like no other. It's not like human joy. Human joy is temporary. It goes, goes up and down. It's divine joy. It's an unspeakable joy. The joy of the Lord, it gives us strength. When we truly experience God's joy, we will desire more and more of him. Because it's divine. We will desire more and more of him. It's like, it will be like a drug. You just keep wanting more. Keep wanting more. You will honor him. You will respect him. His word, you will literally just want to obey. It's like the children of Israel, when they got to that place of, oh, this is what we have done. They want to please God. They want to do um, the right thing. They want to align their ways with his ways. They desired to obey him. They desired to follow what he's asking them to follow. And you find that when you're going through that, um, when you're going through that joy of reconnecting with him, you're desiring God more, you're wanting more of him. The things that are hindering you, you want to separate yourselves from them. I remember Jean-Marc, when he's normally, um, when he's preached or he's, um, he's mentioned this in Bible study, when he became a Christian, he just literally wanted to get rid of all that the music that he used to listen to, the hip-hop, because it had profanities in there. So things that you know that are hindering you 
from really going forward with God. You want to separate yourselves from that, whether it's a friendship, whether um, it's um, the music, as um, Jean-Marc spoke about um, previously, whatever it is, whether it's even money as well, you know, your attitude towards it changes. Whatever it is that is hindering you, you separate yourself from it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. It says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The Lord wants us to rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. As we rejoice, we are filled. His joy is refreshing. His joy is uplifting. It fills you up from the core. It's not temporary. The only way we can rejoice is staying close to him, staying connected to him. Praying, as the word says, pray without season. Give thanks. There is nothing like praise. Praise helps us to stay connected, especially when we're going through those troubled times. When we praise, we are filled with joy. When we're going through things, that's when the enemy doesn't want us to praise because he knows that our attitude starts to change. You know, the way we think, the way we feel, it starts to change. He starts to fill us with joy. We stop isolating ourselves from people. We start to reunite with people. And we start to open up as well. Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Isaiah 12, verse 3. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. God's strength shown to us in time of his need is his grace. His grace comes through. Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 to 10 and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. His grace is sufficient for us. His grace is sufficient for us. Ephesians 1 verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. We are here because of his grace. His grace, his grace, his grace. Our families, our friends, our loved ones, those we are praying for are here. They will be here because of the Lord's grace. 
The joy of the Lord is our strength. It really is our strength. Because when we are filled with his joy, his power comes through. His grace comes through. His strength comes through. And it sees us through that season that we're going through. It really does. We just need to identify where we're at, identify our weakness, identify what we are going through. Decide to seek God because at times we're going through something, but we don't really include God in it. We try and do it on our own. We will not be filled with joy in that way. But let's decide to seek him. Decide to align our ways with his ways, not his way with our ways. Just like the children of God, they sealed a covenant because they knew God was the way forward. He was going to fill them with joy. He was going to be the one helping them to obey the law of Moses and accept his provision of righteousness by the grace that unites us so we can enjoy his presence. Romans 14, verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 28. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Whatever we're going through, Let's start with God and not our own carnal ways. Because in Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is the answer. He fills us with joy. He's our strength. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He knows better than us. Let's start with God. And let's go through with God all throughout. Lord, we want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father Lord. Thank you, Father God, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Your joy is our strength. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I want to bring each one of us before you this morning. Lord, those who are going through difficult times, I bring them before you. May they be assured, Lord, that your joy is their strength. As they reconnect with you, as they connect with you, Father God, they will be filled with your joy. Those who do not know you, Father Lord, I bring them before you as well. For them to experience your joy. Experience your joy, O oh Lord. And for them to give you all of their heart. Lord, we commit your people into your hands. We pray, O oh Lord, for your will and your purposes to be established. For your joy to fill each one of us your divine joy, your unspeakable joy. Lord, we thank you. As we go through the week, Father Lord, 
Help us to reconnect with you so that we can continuously experience your joy. Help us to decide to reconnect with you every time. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Father God, that you are such a gracious, gracious God. Thank you, Father God, that you first loved us. Thank you, Father God, that we are your chosen generation. Father God, we are your holy nation. We are your special people, a people belonging to God. Thank you, Father God, that you have so taken us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Father Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.